You're listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to the podcast and connect with us online at TahlequahUMC.org. May you be blessed by the hearing and reading of Scripture and the meditation on the Word. Have a good day. Please pray with me. God of love, I pray now that the meditations of my heart, the words of my mouth, give you the honor and you the glory. In Jesus' holy name, amen. So I've kind of split this up today, and I've got a special guest that will be uh, also speaking, but I wanted to to lead off this morning and by talking to you about chap- about the book of Mark. Chapter 16, verses 5 and 6, and verse 8. I'll be reading from the Com- Common English Bible. Hear these words. Going into the tomb, they saw a young man in a white robe seated on the right side, and they were startled. But he said to them, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He isn't here. Look, here's the place where they laid him. Overcome with terror and dread, they fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Well, happy Easter, everyone. Tuesday morning, last Tuesday morning, the first words as Bob Daniel walked into the office, he looked inside my office and he said, Hey, Shanna, happy Easter. And that made me smile so much. Yes, Bob, happy Easter. I think the Easter stories are full of people getting the wrong end of the stick. Mary thinks Jesus' body has been stolen. Peter sees the linen wrappings and can't work out what's all about. The disciples didn't understand the scriptures. The angels question Mary, and she still doesn't know what's going on. Then she sees Jesus and thinks that he's a gardener. Then it seems she reaches out to cling to him, and he tells her she mustn't. You could hardly get more misunderstandings into a couple of paragraphs if you tried. The point of it, of course, that Easter has burst into our world. The world of space, the world of time, the world of matter. Real history and real people and real life. But our minds and imaginations are too small to contain it. So we do our best to put the sea into a bottle and fit the explosive fact of the resurrection into the possibilities we already know about. At one level, the continued puzzlement of the disciples is a mark of the story's authenticity. If someone had been making it all up a generation later, as many have suggested, they, they would have hardly have had such a muddle going on. More particularly, nobody would have made up the remarkable detail of the cloth around Jesus' head folded up in a place by itself. Or even the more extraordinary fact that Jesus is not immediately recognized, either here in the evening on the, in the, evening on the road to Emmaus or when cooking breakfast by the shore. The first Christians 
weren't prepared for what actually happened. Nobody could have been. As one leading agnostic scholar I read the other day has put it, it looks as though they were struggling to describe something for which they didn't have adequate language. They couldn't put it together. But this problem isn't confined to the first century. Ever since then, people have tried to squash the Easter message into conventional boxes in which it just won't fit. We try to put our lives inside these boxes and accept our fate as it is. I have good news today. I have great news today. We are Easter people. We have the choice to live out the resurrection in our daily lives. And that is what partly the Wesley does on a day-to-day -day basis. We live out the resurrection. We bring joy to so many. So many come in that are downtrodden, that are lost, that are lonely, that have lost their way. They are confused. They feel like they've been left behind. The Wesley picks them up. The students, the love that Rose flows through here, even some of you that have been here, live out that resurrection day to day to day to day. That's what it's about. I think that sometimes we get lost. Sometimes we get confused. We get caught up in just that Bible story. Well, yes, Jesus, you know, was resurrected and Okay, let's go on. We celebrated Easter. We did all of the, we wore our church clothes and we went to church and we worshiped and we praised God and thank God Jesus is alive now and we can go about our daily lives. Mm. We are Easter people. We celebrate day to day our resurrection. So many come through here that come through the Wesley Foundation that, you know, just need a hug. I get at least one or two a week, a call or a text message. Hey, Pastor Shanna, can you pray with me right now? Hey, Pastor Shanna, I need you to pray about this. My grandma's dying, it doesn't look good. Hey, Pastor Shanna, my boyfriend left me in the middle of the night. I'm not sure what I'm gonna do now because I can't pay rent without his help. Resurrection, the life to lead, the life to hear, life will be going on. The story doesn't end there. They need to hear the sound, the voice, the, the noise of hope, the joy of hope. We are Easter people. I want you to cling to that, hold on to that, and know that we have a story to tell, a beautiful story about resurrection in our lives. Think about that as you go out throughout today on where you're going and what you're doing and how you're sharing. Oh, what a glorious story to tell. The famous children's book of Winnie the Pooh, for those of you that don't know, I love Winnie the Pooh. I used to have animals named after them, Piglet and Eeyore and Pooh. I loved Winnie the Pooh so much growing up. And one of my favorite lines in a Winnie the Pooh children's book says, you never know when one story ends and one begins. That's why you have to keep going. Now that's some Easter advice, if ever we've heard it before. You never know when one story ends and the another begins. That's resurrection advice. You have to keep going. What excellent advice to live out today and every day. You have to keep going. You never know 
when one story ends and another begins. Happy Easter, everyone. And all God's people said, Amen. And now, our senior student here, and I think our number one student here at the Wesley Foundation, Emily Barrett, will be leading you as well. Have you ever found yourself lost, unknowing of your next move or where the next step in life will lead you? Throughout the last four years, I have called NSU home and the Wesley has been a home away from home for me during this time. But now in the last month of my stay here, I am not quite sure how to conceptualize the path that has been laid before me. I have prayed and prayed for guidance over the years and it has led me here in front of you all today, just one month before I graduate with my bachelor's degree and mere months before I make a huge move to Missoula, Montana to continue my academic journey as a graduate student. I am unsure what this next chapter of my life looks like. In the gospel reading that we heard, we are hearing a message about people who are unsure about what their lives look like. We um, know that the women come to discover an empty tomb and we begin to see Jesus appearing to his disciples in small groups. They start out completely confused and terrified like everyone else, which is why the first thing Jesus says to them is peace be with you. I want to expand on that a little bit and read the next couple of verses. So just to give you some more context. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Right when it's almost too much for them to handle, they're in sheer terror. Jesus is back, and they don't know how to handle it. Jesus brings them back down at the perfect moment and says to them, let's eat. Let's take care of our needs for just a moment. We expect the disciples to be able to continue onward just as they had before, but they must rest in order to fully understand the good news. And Jesus knows this. Romans paints a similar, smaller picture or a less specific, specific picture of transformation, but we are still able to apply this idea of rest and peace from the gospel. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That sounds like rest to me. Change does not come easy. It never has. Transformation might not look like what we expect it to, and we don't ever want to miss out on any opportunities. You do not belong to this world. You are not from this world. It is temporary. And so are these opportunities. This is the world that Jesus returned to. We are challenged to see the world as it should be, not as it is. Peace and rest is a part of transformation. Sometimes we forget that resting is a part of the journey. Transformation doesn't have to be seamless, shiny and new, and active all the time. 
there is a raw, honest, and vulnerable way that acknowledges rest and healing. It doesn't pretend that it's perfection. God's presence in our life is going to lead us to places that leave scars. We are asked to do difficult things, but not without guidance. Jesus understood this because he is God and human. There is an overwhelming feeling that prevents the disciples from reconciling with what is happening. And because of that, Jesus says, let's take a second and eat. This is not a failure on their part. That transition required resting in the presence of Jesus. It is not a testament to their weakness of faith, but rather a part of their transformation. Here we are on this first Sunday after Easter, moving forward with resurrection. Jesus is not resurrected with a new and perfect body, but with scars as an example of healing. And he uses these scars throughout the gospels. My journey is about God's faithfulness. Prospering in all things doesn't necessarily mean all good things are coming your way, but that God's presence will help to overcome and show you how to prosper regardless of circumstance. We are not moving into 2021 having forgotten 2020. We move into the new year knowing how to better care for one another, keeping in mind the lessons that we have learned throughout the last year. I cannot tell you how many nights I have spent pondering the idea of what my life would turn out to be. I would have never imagined what it is to be today. All of the heartache and pain that I have experienced could have stopped me from prospering had I let it. I have been sick, I have been unwell mentally and physically, but I go forth knowing that Jesus prayed for me and for all of you, that we will prosper in all things and be in health just as our soul prospers. So I'll leave you with this scripture from 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Thank you for listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. We hope you have a good week, and we ask that you connect with us online at TahlequahUMC.org. Thank you, and have a good day.